Survivor specialist Phil and Alexa are back with a brand new series coming to you. That should lead us right into the beginning of season 41 of Survivor. Alexa and I are going to do something a little bit different this time. As all of you know, as we have gone through this crazy last 14 months, we have just been throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something will stick. We have done rewatches. We did classic Survivor. Today was our 100th day of daily content for our $20 patrons. 100 straight days, which I found out today that May 11th is 100 days from February 1st. So something to keep in mind, kids. I didn't know that until today. Did you do anything fun? No, I did something a little bit more fun yesterday. Today wasn't too exciting. Today, I'm I'm trying to rip through this top 50 travel council exits I've been doing. It's really not an exciting series, but it's something that like at least like fills the gap and it keeps people talking about Survivor, which at the end of the day is what's most important. But today we're starting a new series called the Ultimate Survivor Season. The ultimate survivor season. And here's what our thinking is for this series. We are going to go through every season of survivor and we are going to pull the best episode with 20 players, the best episode with 19 players, the best episode with 18 players starting. And we are going to work our way down until we get to a final four because Alexa and I are not masochists and we're not going to watch the Australia finale for the 900th time and be bored to death. No one deserves that. And no one wants to watch that. Nobody wants to do that. And it's going to be a very boring last episode. So we're going to go from 20 to four. What that means is 20 people left in the game, 19 people left in the game, 18 people left in the game, starting off that episode. When it comes to Redemption Island, when it comes to Edge of Extinction, we're talking about the players who are actually in the game. We're not talking about the people who are on those islands because otherwise Edge of Extinction would have 18 players until, you know, the seventh episode. And I'm sure we could find an episode in there that might be better than the final 15 of another season. So all that being said, that's the rules for this. One other little tidbit for anybody who's tuning in. We're not going to be doing any of the episodes we covered in Classic Survivor just because that would be stupid. And then you'd hear us talk about the exact same thing. Uh, Yes, Parvati's episode is probably the best at Final 10, but we're going to kind of take a runner up, I guess, approach. Or maybe there is a better episode, but I've been pretty blatant that Ben Wade's uh, episode is the best episode maybe in Survivor history. And we're not going to be doing that at Final 5. So. Just because we want to have a different conversation, we will be explaining our reasonings for doing this, but hopefully this is exciting. Sam Higdon says, is every season going to be represented? Absolutely not. We're only going to have 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, and 4. So what is that, 16 episodes, 17 seasons, something like that. And Nicaragua probably doesn't have one of the best 16-person episodes, mm. or 15 or 14, et cetera. Um, yeah, like Phil said, we've, we've do- obviously in the past year and a half, we have, we've gone into a lot of older seasons. We've talked about, I don't even know when we did this, Survivor China. We've done classic Survivor episodes. So John Mills up here says, this is a bold choice. I'm excited for your justification for it. It's, it's like, we'll talk about whether or not this is our favorite 20 person episode, but we figured that this was a really good one to start on the premiere of Survivor Palau because it's really different. It is the first episode with it's the first season that starts with 20 people. And we can talk about the heroes versus villains premiere, but that's been talked about ad nauseum. This is an amazing premiere and we love old school survivor. We're not really, you know, we're not really quiet about that. I think we want to bring a little bit of like season diversity so that we're not just going to be talking about Micronesia the whole time. 
Yeah, and and I think for something like uh, Heroes versus Villains premiere is really the premiere everybody goes to, and it's epic and it's awesome and it's exciting. But again, like this series, just like Survivor is its own show, this series we want to kind of be its own thing, and we want this to be as exciting and interesting as possible. We don't want you to tune in and feel like, oh, I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. How many people have talked about the Survivor Palau premiere in the last ten years? It doesn't seem like many, and damn, that is a really really big deal because I really enjoy this premiere i think it has so many things working for it and survivor really really takes a lot of chances here and a lot of them pay off and it ultimately leads to what this season ends up becoming uh one last thing john says are you repeating seasons yes there probably will be some repeating but you're going to find out the episodes one week ahead of time so at the end you'll find out what 18 or this at the end of this one you find out what 19 is at the end of the next one you'll find out what 18 is so we're not going to reveal what all the episodes are going to be um We'll Almost look at it as a boot order. Generally, I, I, we haven't like fully fleshed it out, but I assume there will only be like one or two seasons that we double up. Like, I think we're going to try to keep them, but the seasons that are really good and the seasons that are really bad are just really good and really bad. So yes. again, we'll let you guys know week by week, but let's talk about this. Let's talk about the Survivor Palau premiere. Yeah. So the Survivor Palau premiere, this has never happened before. First episode in U.S. Survivor history. I don't know about the internationals. U.S. Survivor history to have... 20, 20 players, really ballsy move. Nobody knew it was going to happen, but I cannot get over how many elements survivor changed up and tried to make work in this episode. We have one world. We have one tribe. We have them living together as two tribes. We have them selecting tribes. We have the immunities that you that you get. And at a challenge, we have them deciding what they want to take with them as a reward. So many great elements here. Alexa, we have like a day think? zero, which kind of happens yeah. in San Juan del Cer too. Or like actually we day zero through three, kind of. Yeah, they call it day one still. Yeah. But this is, see, so in one world, it was everybody still knew that they were men versus women. This is the largest tribe in survivor history, even though it's not technically a tribe, they never Mm -hmm. act. They're not actually called anything, but these 20 people live together for a full 24 hours on the beach, having no clue what's going to happen. It proves this proves this episode proves that one world can work. One world itself just sucked. Yeah, this actually, this, this has to be the season that has the fewest, total tribes because like you said we have this one tribe we don't get a swap and then stephanie just becomes part of karor and i don't remember if they rename no, it's just karor this yeah, is two tribe gets, season she gets their buff so yeah this there there are no tribes or no, no tribe changes which is makes us all the more fascinating that it is such a loved season and it is such a good season considering what we watch now where you're swapping every six days. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I feel like what, what we were between this episode and the heroes versus villains one, and we kind of talked ourselves out of the heroes versus villains one and, and stick with this and go with this. I feel that survivor took chances in this episode itself that they just aren't taking anymore. Like you said, now Mm -hmm. we're at a point where every six days we're swapping. We know the formula that survivor is going to have. They might switch it up by saying, okay, at this point, we're not going to do that. uh, And we'll do it the next episode, or, or we're going to start with two tribes, go to three and then go back to two. Or maybe this time we'll just go two to three and then merge whatever it is. But I do think that 
they need to start to get more creative because a lot of the things that you see in this premiere that we that we just watched, they they don't necessarily come to fruition in Survivor for years to come. Mm -hmm. And they're all, they've never been done before and they're all kind of happening at one time. But Survivor was just trusting their cast and trusting that that what the product they had was good enough. And it makes me wonder, like, why aren't we seeing these types of chances anymore? We see different twists and things, tw different advantages being put into the game. But mm -hmm. how come we haven't gotten a schoolyard pick in a really long time? How come we haven't had them racing to the beach for immunity so they could choose tribes? How come we haven't had two people get screwed over and leave on day two because they just didn't talk to anybody? We would hate that. We would hate that. Oh, I don't feel bad for Jonathan and Wanda anymore. I finally don't. But go ahead. You finally don't. I think um, I, I, I guess like... I'll talk about this now. This is just a quick point. I do find it hilarious that like Wanda gets this whole goodbye and everyone's like, oh, we're so sorry, kind of. And nobody speaks to Jonathan. Mm -hmm. It's very, very funny. But I think like to your point, this did not feel like a packed or forced premiere at all. And they trusted the cast. And the only part that I really, really disliked was what they did with getting rid of Jonathan and Wanda, just because they did make a whole stink about this being the first 20 person season. And then it like kind of didn't happen that way, but I don't know why they don't do schoolyard picks anymore. I think that's, that, that's a very easy way to tell us about what, um, you know, like what people's dynamics are without having to like have confessionals about it and choosing rewards. Like I remember the reward catalog, which comes up in like the teens, like, just simple things like that. Those are easy discussion topics with whoever you're watching with. It's like, oh, well, I really want food, but only bringing fire is the right thing to do. There's just little, little twists that do not significantly alter the game. And they're, they're, they're good ads. And I think the military theme is awesome. Yeah. I, I genuinely think this is a better theme than Pearl Islands, but I know that someone will hate me for that. Yeah, this is a really is cool theme. So good. It's, it's such a good theme Ugh. and, and, and I really like, so I guess the reason that we aren't seeing schoolyard picks anymore is because survivor does production does say, okay, we have this guy and this guy. All right, let's put them at opposite sides. Now we have this girl and this girl, let's put them at opposite sides. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, survivor would have never drawn up the tribes the way that they ended up in survivor pullout. The production mm -hmm. team would have never done it. They would have never had all of the older people on one side and all of the younger people on the other. It would have never, ever, ever happened mm -hmm. because the older tribe would have been at a massive disadvantage. And guess what? They win every single immunity challenge the entire season. And mm -hmm. so I think it just goes to the fact of there's a little bit more. Um, there's there's more tribal spirit when it's picked. I right. feel like them when it's not them when it's just, okay, we're going to, we're going to set you off and then, Oh, well, we're getting de 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 demolished. Whatever. But when you actually are picked by somebody, now you feel like, Oh, I kind of owe it to them. Look at what happens in Thailand with Jake. They all feel so bad when they start losing. Cause they feel bad that Jake picked yeah. this and Jake's like breaking down and stuff. Those are look interesting final, moments. You don't get in a regular season. Yeah. And I mean, look at the final three of this, Ian picks Katie, who picks Tom. Mm -hmm. And especially with the way this season ends, with how emotionally charged the three of them are, it's really cool to see that they all picked each other. I didn't remember that before I watched this. Well, and, and think about it too. Jeff picks Kim. That's yeah, that's a, an alliance that does whatever the heck it wants to do. <laughs> Kobe picks Karen, who picks Willard. Willard. 
and that group of three sticks together. And think about the drama that we had of Kobe and Angie having their whole talk about how they're kindred spirits and blah, blah, blah. Kobe gets picked. Angie knows she's getting picked and he doesn't pick Angie. And now Angie thinks she's going to be the first one out of the game. It's unbelievable. And there's drama from that. And they built that over the course of what? 10 minutes. And they still were able to make that feel so impactful. That's really impressive. And it says a lot about Kobe and how Kobe was going to be playing the game. And he wasn't playing it to, to make friends. He was like, screw it. She's not going to be the best person for me, so I'm going to take Karen because Karen's an easier person to walk all over, and that's who I want to be working with me in this game. Yeah, it's great. And I think especially like knowing how this season ends up, these these tribes get chosen, and even Jeff, like when Oolong's a tribal council, like Oolong has no business being as terrible as they are. Like they are the young jacked tribe ian also ends up being significantly better in challenges than i think you would assume just by looking at him at that point but like jolanda is huge and like really funny like i think she's a great first boot um you like sorry this sorry this dog barking like you don't expect tom and ian to be as dominant as they are and you don't expect oolong collectively to suck as much as they do and one of the biggest takeaways for me out of this finale was how even this season could have been just based on the on the premiere. Um, Karor drops their fire in mm-hmm. the drop their fire making kit in the water, mm-hmm. and there's there it's very even. Karor chooses a new camp. Like they make a lot of very questionable decisions and mistakes early on, and they end up completely steamrolling the other tribe. Yeah, and and that's uh, there's so many things I want to talk about based on what you just said, but I'm going to yeah, start with I'm going to start with them choosing the new camp. I think, again, this is no way in hell Survivor thought, okay, they're going to go to a new camp. They're going to go take a new beach, whatever. No, they're going to take the one here. But to do that, like everything that happened in this episode, there's so many risks being taken by production, and they're all paying off because the tribe is willing, the, the, the players are willing to play that game. And... I think that Survivor's production team has gotten a little safe in the the 30s. I think they got a little complacent. The three-tribe thing worked, so now everything's got to be three tribes. Or, okay, let's, let's have a swap at this time, a swap at that time, blah, 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 blah. But these little twists... Like that, oh, we're gonna let them choose whether they wanna go back home to the camp they know or go to a new beach. Who in the world would think they would ever choose the new beach, but also... That's why you give them the choice because if they go there and it sucks and they don't build something nice, then they look like idiots. And if they take the new beach and the other one is a hotel like it is in Fiji, well, then it's like they're idiots. And that's what you need, though. Like, that's the conversation topic, because we could sit here and if this was a premiere and we were watching this live, I would say, Alexa, they're offered the choice to stay at this beach or go to a new one. What would you do? And if you didn't know how the rest of the season was going to play out, you'd be saying this guy, Tom, is an idiot and he's an ass. Yeah. And he's and and John Milsa makes a good point. It really shows how much control Tom had from day one. Tom's even like he's in the back of the group. Like everyone else is standing in between Tom and Jeff. And Tom is still the one who's like, yeah, we're going to take the new one. Like from the top. Tom, oh my God. Gift back gaming sent us a 1999 super sticker which we haven't had in quite a, lo- quite a while. But everybody, they're there, and I'm going to cheers my LaCroix to you, gift bag. I was about to say, did you that, that LaCroix? I was wondering what I know, was. I know, that's all I got here. But um, uh, This hasn't happened in a very long time. We are so thankful. Thank you so much. 
And it's yes. American dollars. Not that we don't want Australian dollars, which we've also received. I will take all dollars. Um, but anyway, yeah. continue. Alex. I know that was distracting and I don't blame you, but continue. It was, with a, it was a bit distracting, but just like, again, where I know we're only talking about one episode, but it is so clear that Tom is going to win after just this one episode. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. And, and I think that this episode does do a good job too. I think there's a couple people in here who don't get confessionals. It's only an hour episode. And this is one that should have been two hours for sure. Yeah. Or would have benefited from being two hours. I think it's still a very incredible episode, even at just one hour, but I think that it could have been really good at two. Um, but they do a good job of giving you your main players. James Miller, one of the all-time great confessional right. givers in Survivor history. Unbelievable. We get Stephanie LaGrosa jumping off the damn boat, and that says everything you need to know about Stephanie LaGrosa. We get so much about Greg and Tom and Ian and Katie and Kobe mm-hmm. and Karen and Janu, who ends up going on the quit. Huge in this episode. Huge. In this, and that's who Tom picks. That's something that blows my mind is yes. Tom picks a quitter. Tom it's Westman insane. picks a quitter. Was Stephanie picked before? Was Stephanie already picked at that point? Yeah. So it went, it okay, went. Jolanda, was, he and Stephanie had a thing. Early. Jolanda picked Bobby John and then Bobby John picked Stephanie, which See? is hilarious really that that's cool. how it goes. And, and it's, um, but, but when you start to really look at like how this, how this plays out, you get to know your main characters, Bobby John, Stephanie, Jolanda, who isn't a main character, but she's the main character of this episode. That's, totally. that's for sure. Um, you get to know these people. You get to know Angie. You get to know this Jeff douche. Who is this guy? Like, oh, what is he going to do? That's going to piss me off this season. <laughs> and and yeah, you don't really get to know Jen Lyon too much. Um, we don't get to, we don't get to really hear from Willard, but we yeah. see them enough in this small period of time. And with how much is going on that it's like, they, they knew what they were doing with this cast and they did yeah. a phenomenal job across the board. And like, this is one of the most satisfying premieres. I used to be so upset that Jonathan and Wanda went home the way that they went home. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? They did have a chance to play. It's not that they didn't have a chance. They had a chance. And somebody like Willard did what he was supposed to do by going to Karen. And Karen did what she was supposed to do by going to Kobe. And Kobe did what he was supposed to do. Every, you you, you had a chance. Food chain. Yeah. Which which is also like, like <clears throat> we're still in old school Survivor. We're still in very early Survivor. But one of the notes that I took was that this is a really, really good combo of of both old school, but with like tastes of new school, mm-hmm. because there's a ton of focus. Like, you know, they get onto this this communal one world island. They're building the shelter. There's a lot of attention around the shelter, but they're socializing and they know that 20 people is is new. They So there's enough like game awareness because they have enough seasons to call back on. But the strategy is still like new enough. It's really, it's very satisfying. Yeah. Oh, there's so much strategy in this episode. John Millsap says here, Karen made a great pick with Willard. Definitely smart. Cause everybody would look at that and say, you obviously take Jonathan. She takes Jonathan. When they go to the tribal council, they're forced to go to Karen is voted out of the game. hundred percent. No doubt about it. But because she picks Willard now, Willard will always go home before Karen. It's a brilliant move. And that just showed like, you got to think this is season 10. We're coming off of all stars, which I have been very vocal. If you're, if you are a patron, you know how much I hated all stars because I just finished all stars and I really struggled through that. So if you really want to listen to me, talk about that. Uh, here you go. Patreon.com backslash survivor specialist, but it's coming off Vanuatu as well. 
Vanuatu, a men versus women season. Uh, we see the Fat Five kind of have their strategy. Amy Cusack take over, but there's not too much other strategizing going on there. It's kind of just you know right. Chris, Twyla, Eliza, Amy, a little bit of Julie and Leanne, and Sarge and Rory never really got a chance to play. That's essentially what that season is. You come into this season, and by throwing them to the wolves the way that this episode does. It absolutely forces them all to have to be strategic because they don't know if is it going to be an individual immunity challenge? Is this going to be something where I have to, you know, a schoolyard pick them? You don't know what's going to happen. And so you have to make sure you've covered all your bases. And I think that's why we see so much great gameplay right off the bat, because these people felt the urgency of I better make myself useful. I better make it known that I am really here. I can't just hide behind because when you start with tribes of nine or 10 or eight, whatever it is, and it's already predetermined and they don't go to tribal council the first time, there are four or five players who literally don't have to do anything. They can just sit there and say, eh, we'll worry about it tomorrow. Yeah. But when you put them in this situation, they don't have a choice. Yeah. And they, and he puts them in really tough situations really quickly where they're paddling together. The very first thing they do. And you have to immediately decide, do I make an individual choice or do I make a choice with this one tribe, which is something I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And then with Ian and Jolanda getting immunity, like they don't even know what that immunity exactly means. It just means enough for that one moment. So, and again, like with the, with the challenge, which is great, there's all these like kind of immediate decisions that need to be made that aren't game breaking and they don't have, they don't have major ramifications, but they have, episode only ramifications that aren't you know like the reason that somebody really gets sent home so they're twists that are influential enough and interesting enough that aren't feeling like someone's getting screwed and and jolanda doesn't get screwed jolanda goes because she butts head with steph and steph proves to be right now one of my favorite moments of this episode because of what stephanie's arc is in survivor history which is ultimately like you know the james and tom and stephanie situation and heroes villains that's how it ends but one of my favorite moments in this episode is steph gets a bad rap in later seasons because she does the blame game thing and that's what her and james fight about all the time is you suck at challenges because you're always doing the blah blah and what does stephanie do in this episode she says, well, if we wouldn't have taken everything, we would have won the challenge. Girl, you would be paddling for the next month and a half. It wouldn't have <laughs> mattered what you took. Like she made it seem like that was the only reason they lost. But it was also a good strategic move because she knew that her and Jolanda weren't going to get along on this season. It's yeah. a terrible thing, obviously, in retrospect, because voting out Jolanda just is the is the first domino in the whole entire thing. But mm-hmm. it really does prove that Steph was even thinking on a different level of, I got to get rid of Jelana because we're never going to work together. And she doesn't listen to me. And Steph is an alpha. She needs to be the person who people are listening to. So I agree with you. So many twists, so many things going on. Jolanda goes home because of a relationship she had with somebody on her drive, not because she got screwed by a twist, not because of anything like that. And I do believe that if you take out finales, she is the first person in survivor history to win immunity in an episode and also go home in that episode. If you take out finales, I believe that she is the first. Yeah, I, I like that. And again, I think she's a great first boot. I don't think Jolanda screw at all. I, I think Jonathan and Wanda were screwed, but that's because I apply the same logic of you should know, like they, <laughs> they should have told them earlier. They should have told them they had a chance to get voted out. But Jolanda is like probably one of my more favorite, like in my top 25%. Of first boots because she actually starts the episode very, very strong. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's not until they go to tribal council and until 
Stephanie, who ends up being like the face of the season, decides that she's the one to go home. Otherwise, like she's the she's a completely wrong person to get rid of. She's completely the wrong person. And and it just it just speaks so much of Oolong, because when you watch the way the tribe is picked, she is the captain of that tribe and they vote her off right away. I always yeah. compare it to aliens, you know, the second, the second alien movie um, where I think it's the captain gets killed, like right off the bat when they go in and they're all shooting everything up. And then this guy just gets ripped apart by the alien. I'm like, that's Jolanda. Like that's Jolanda. Like she didn't deserve to go that early. They made her seem like she was going to be a much bigger character. They made her seem like she was going to have this through through line that everybody was going to get behind. And instead she's the first one to go. And now it's, Oh, let's get to know these other clowns. And, yeah. and, and, like, who does she pick? She, like, get out of here with that. She, she picks Bobby John who picks Stephanie. So clearly Jolanda's thinking was right. I'm going to pick these two strong people who are going to be the last two remaining people from this tribe. Yeah. Yeah. The, their top, their first three is good. Jolanda, Bobby John, Stephanie is a great first, mm-hmm. like at face value. That's a, that's the correct three. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then I think even yeah. picking Jeff next is the right move. Yeah. You don't realize how much of a boob he's going to be. You don't. Yeah, exactly. And then Jeff picks Kim. Okay. We have a good tribe here. She picks, uh, who does she end up picking? She picks, who's she the picked, other guy? No, oh, she picks James. James. She picks James. James picks, uh, James picks Ashley, who is Ooh, literally a non-factor Ashley. on this season. And then Ashley picks Ibrahim, which is hilarious that Ibrahim was almost not picked. Yeah, and then Ibrahim picks unlikable because he got like almost a Jonathan treatment. He got like no, he got like no edit on this season too. In terms of all the oolong, he's the one that we definitely, him and Ashley are the ones we got to know the least. Yeah. I feel, but Ashley I mean, also he, goes out very early. Ibrahim gets, um, what's her Angie, right? Angie. Yeah. He picks yeah. Angie. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate because Angie on the other tribe, I think would have been shoe in for season 16. I yeah. really believe that. I think that had Angie been on the other tribe, they wouldn't have lost any challenges. She would have been just as good because Kobe would have picked her. She would have probably picked Jonathan, whatever the deal would have been. Willard and Karen probably go home in that situation, but they're not on that tribe. And Willard and Karen weren't going to make any difference to the other tribe. If Kobe picks Angie, Angie's probably a shoe in to be on season 16. And unfortunately, you know, rest in peace because, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate. I think that was this year, right? That was, that was recent. That yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, Which is sad. So Karen, game changer. Karen is a game. Karen changed the whole season. Kobe really. Okay. So Kobe does this. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's do a little Kobe appreciation here. Cause he's never played survivor again. I know he's very active over on Twitter. He's very active in the community and all of that, but let's do a little Kobe appreciation because Kobe is one of the best early season villains. And I mean that like, you know, Johnny Fairplay obviously sticks out in everybody's mind, Jerry, Lex, all that. But Kobe, he was what they wanted Colton to be when Colton came out the first time. And obviously Kobe's before Colton, but like that, they never were able to replicate a Kobe because Kobe is just so one of a kind. And anybody else who tries to do what he's doing is putting it on. He's not putting it on. And I think he that's what's that so guy. fascinating about him is he is that person and he's caddy, but also like he's out there to win a million dollars and he knows that. And that's how he wants to play the game. I think he's absolutely fascinating. And I love how much screen time he gets in the season. And it is unfortunate how early he goes once the post merge hits. Cause I would have liked to have seen him play a little bit longer. Yeah. And he's like one of the very, very few who's a, who opposes Tom and not just opposes him, but vocally opposes him. Mm-hmm. Greg talks about getting rid of Tom a hundred times, but is still his best friend. Kobe like doesn't even pretend to like him, which again, I think that's it. There's a very fine line, like as a fan where somebody can be like 
against the good guy or like be the villain, but also be really endearing. And I think Kobe like really nailed where that line is supposed to be. Yeah, I think because he's rootable. And I think the same yeah. thing with Johnny Fairplay, as despised as people were with him in season seven, it was fun to watch him go against Rupert. And I think that's the same thing here where Kobe is just, it's so much fun to watch him go up against Tom. It is so much fun to watch him go up against Ian and Kate. Like it is so much fun to watch this happen. And he's another one from day one. He mm -hmm. stepped on that Island and he said, how am I going to mess this shit up? And I love him running around because think about it in survivor one world. The only other time they do this twist, it is Colton who is running around to the women and to the men and making ins with everyone. Oh, please have my back. I don't get along, blah, blah. And it's Kobe in this season doing the exact thing that Colton does seven years later where he's running around to everybody. I'm talking to this person. I'm talking, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going to go talk to them. I'm going to tell them this. I'm going to tell them. He does it so perfectly. How does somebody who plays the game that hard not get asked back in this early of a season? I really don't understand how. And I think it might've been a little bit of Palau exhaustion because they bring Bobby John and Stephanie back so quickly right after this. And if you think about it, nobody else from the season ever plays again, except for Tom. Yeah. And I, I think that's it. I think it's like we we immediately go to Bobby John and Stephanie playing the, the following season. And then we don't get a returning season until Micronesia, which comes after a bunch of like really, really good seasons or seasons that just have really, really good characters. Mm -hmm. And I think Palau gets stuck in that like post all stars, but pre golden age survivor where it's a very good season. We obviously love Vanuatu, but I think because they came off of All-Stars, I didn't watch All-Stars live, but there's obviously a lot of buzz that come, comes with that season. And even though it sucked, the next two seasons are never going to seem as good. So I think with just how it fell, and I don't know how popular Palau was live. I assume it probably wasn't, it didn't knock it out of the park with just how Ulan It actually did. Was. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. Survivor um, Palau was a very popular season. It was really uh, around, around Guatemala that things started to kind of go down just a little bit, but right. So I think that's it. Maybe it kind of suffers from being stuck in like a weird phase, but, and I'd like, I just, Tom, I assume is an incredibly popular winner. So there's no question you're going to bring Tom back. You bring back Stephanie and then maybe they just say, Oh, well maybe we'd want Greg or other people. And I think they just never got to a point where they were going to pick Kobe over like Penner. I think the problem was doing fans versus favorites. You cut out Kobe, you cut out Terry, you cut out, um, you cut out like other people, like, cause you were always going to have Yao man. Fair play says, yes, you're always going to pick fair play. James was a lock. There was no doubt about that. And you had to have Ozzy. The only one you probably could have cut was Penner, but he's such a dramatic person that Penner and Kobe are kind of the same, you know, right. they're, they're cut from the same cloth. Confessional. Great confessional, great confessional. And they're going to try to stir the pot. Right. This is a full all-star season. I think Kobe's a no-brainer. But I do agree with you. If you realize no men from season 10 come back for season 16. No mm -hmm. men from season 9 come back for season 16. And no men from season 11 come back for season 16. Yeah. No men from season 12 come back from seasons for season 16. Meaning there's no Terry. There's no Shane. There's nothing. Everybody comes from 13, 14. 15, right? Because it's it's Ozzy, it's, yeah. it's Yao, it's Penner. And maybe and, they yeah. had a good, they pro I, I don't know how long they were thinking about fans versus favorites, but I think 
weren't they talking to Yao Man or not Yao Man? Yule, I don't, I don't remember. But they were talking to Earl and Yule because they were going to do a, a full All Stars, right? But I think the quote unquote problem is in the seasons immediately leading up to Micronesia, there were there were too many good people to mm-hmm. to not pick. And I think again, like when I watched Micronesia live, I had not seen Vanuatu, so for me, I was like. Eliza and Amy, like they end up being kind of not duds, but like not, not, not rock stars in Micronesia. So maybe there's just the like, who are they? Like, who's Kobe? What season was he on? Versus Jonathan Penner, who just played. Absolutely. And I think that's really what it just came down to is he played in the wrong season. He plays in 13. He's back, but he played in 10 and, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but, but it does show how short of a memory people have. And that's why, you know, you'll hear all the time when we did our top 100 players and I'm like, no, Kelly Wentworth's not my top hundred. And people are like losing their shit at me. It's like, okay, but like there is so much that happened before she even stepped foot on the Island. And, and you have to look at that and you can't just be like, Oh, well, this person never played an idol or this person ever did that. But even when you're going from season nine to 15 and then 16s and all stars, the people from nine and 10 were forgotten. This was in a day and age where there wasn't, there wasn't, um, what do you call it? There wasn't DVR. There wasn't anything like that. So if you missed it, you missed it. And yes, yeah. season 10 was very popular, but somebody like Kobe who goes right at the midpoint of the season, that was really it. That was the extent of, of Kobe's run because now it's six seasons later and there's no way you're going to tell me that he's more popular than James Penner, Ozzy fair play or Yao man. And he's just not, and it's not on him. It's just on the fact that he played early. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think you're right. If Micronesia is season 13, or if you just move Micronesia a little bit earlier, I think he's on. But fans yep. have short attention spans. Even yep. still, like even in even present day, I think if I didn't analyze forever, I wouldn't know who the heck half half the players are. No, but you let you know who Karen is because she sucks. Because she sucks. Because she sucks. Oh good. Um, but anyway, so so this this whole episode, like so we we sit down and we said, okay, we're gonna do the best all my 20 players. I really do believe that other than the heroes versus villains at uh first premiere, you know, first episode, this is the best one with 20 players. I really believe that this is better than winners at war. This is better than whatever else you want to throw at me. I will take this premiere over any of the other ones because I love the innovation in it. I just love how they were taking so many risks and trying to do so much. And they weren't afraid to fail at some of it. And luckily for them in this premiere, I don't think they really failed at any of it except for the Jonathan and Wanda thing, because a lot of people were pissed about that at the time. And like that did rub people the wrong way, but they were willing to take that chance. I hope that as we move into this next chapter of survivor, that they go back to taking chances like they did in this premiere. If they sit down and somehow an editor sits down and watches ultimate survivor season, episode one, 20 players, and they watch this. So one thing I would take is take the damn chances. It's worth it to take the chances because when you fall apart, like with the medallion of power, it goes away three episodes later and who the hell cares? Right. But if you don't offer us that solution, then you get boring moments. Try these things and don't just try putting stuff in people's bags. Try things that are going to get people to go at each other's throats, to build relationships or to, or to ruin relationships and to be paranoid, figure ways out to do that without having to put something in someone's bag. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And I, and if it means, if it means schoolyard picking and creating another oolong, I'd actually like that because Mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever seen the desperation 
that Stephanie and Bobby John go through. That that really isn't in, in different ways. It's it's recreated, but they that they, they, that has just never happened before, and that had never happened at the time. And Stephanie and Bobby John are are who they are, but mm-hmm. that like that wasn't fabricated. Like Survivor just like let them try this and look how it worked out. Yeah. Absolutely. And and it it worked because Bobby John picked Stephanie. And then as they're getting down to the end, that was an instant relationship they built. And it's one that ultimately leads to people like Angie and James and Ibrahim being voted out instead of these two. Yeah. Because they had built that relationship. It's just it's it's awesome. And let the play if somebody picks you, you're you're indebted to them, especially when your life's on the line. You're mm-hmm. indebted to them right off the bat. You feel like, you know what, I got a good relationship, but you picked me, you saw something to me, and I I thank you for that. Schoolyard picks, man. It, it's it's a simple way to stir the pot. And and I wish they would stir it more. I wish they yeah. would do it more. Stir it, yeah. But I, I guess I also want to caveat, like, stir it in the way that we like, which I'm sure is is if a producer is listening, they'd be like, we stir well, it. Everybody changes, yeah, yeah. So it's, um, but yeah, this is a great premiere. I, again, we've talked about heroes versus villains a lot. Yeah. Um, Worth playing for, I mentioned David versus Goliath. I think that's a really great premiere. There are a lot of 20-person premieres, and they're all good. But this one is, it's very different within the context of old school Survivor. And I think this this is a good episode to start with for this mm-hmm. entire series. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it, hopefully it gets more eyes on Survivor Palau because yeah, that's a season more people should be watching. And it's a season where... I understand that a lot of these people are now 15 years older. Unfortunately, this is the season I think that actually has had the most contestants pass away with Angie and Jen both passing away. I think but, so. Yeah, yeah you- which is crazy because okay. also like two very young people. But this is a cast where everybody's 15 years older. And I know Stephanie and Tom didn't have great showings on Heroes Villains. Stephanie's was flat out bad. Tom played mm-hmm. an idol correctly. He's just on the wrong side of the numbers the entire time. It is what it is. Um, doesn't help that he started on a tribe with three people who all knew each other and like had played for a long time together, but these people could come out and kick ass again. I know Ian has been in the mix and he never wants to play again. That's fine. We don't need Katie. We don't need Karen. We don't need Willard, but a player like Greg, if Tom were to play again, Kobe, um, I'm trying to think who else, like there's even people from this, from this pre-merge that I don't know where you'd pull from, but James Miller is gold. Now he'd probably be canceled in 2021, but you know what? Like I'm willing to watch him come out and get canceled. Cause he's so damn funny. And a lot he's of the stuff he says is flat out harmless. He just, he's just a clown. Um, but yeah, I just feel like, I just feel like this is a season where everybody played so hard and, and it's a season that people need to respect a little bit more for the gameplay because Man, and I think Survivor forced them to play hard right away. There was no, oh, you know, like when you play Monopoly, some people will be like, oh, you have to go around the board once before you can buy anything. Yeah. Okay, that gives you time. But if you don't get to go around the board once, then that first roll to determine who goes first means something. Mm-hmm. And I think that Survivor made this all mean something. You couldn't hide. And even somebody like Willard or Karen or Wanda, who you might say, oh, they're going to be easy first boots, whatever. They weren't. Because of this dynamic, Angie was not an easy first boot because of this dynamic that was created. And because Angie had to play more desperate right from the start, because she knew she was picked last. She knew she was last and she had to play more desperate. And I think that's why this works out so well. Yeah. And she ends up being one of this. This isn't much to brag about, but she ends up becoming one of the like top performers on 
on her tribe. And I don't think a single person who watched that premiere would have assumed that originally mm-hmm. with her. And, and with Karen and Willard, like she picks Willard and immediately you're like, what the heck? What the heck? And yeah. then you realize it and then you figure it out. The one that's still what the heck is Tom picking Janu, but she's, she's really because you knew it climbed the tree and done all that stuff. Yeah, Remember like, like she, that's a big moment. Yeah. Tall people you're going to assume they're generally athletic. Yeah. She ends up just like collapsing, but it's cool. And there's a lot of there. This is a premiere that has a ton of end game implications or just throughout the game implications. And I feel like that doesn't always happen in premieres. So yeah. I really liked that. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is, this is about as good as survivor can be. It's taking mm-hmm. chances. It's introducing you to a cast. It's throwing twists at you that you're not expecting. There's no rant. Like you get the two immunity idols. They don't really know what it means. What's going to, there's so many great decision-making moments, either this or that, this or that, this or that. Mm-hmm. Everybody could have jumped out the boat right away and they all could have swam there. That could have happened. That could have happened. You could have one person who said, I'm not a good swimmer. I'm going to sit in the boat while everybody else is swimming. And then they're just sitting there paddling that massive boat. That could have happened. But it didn't. But they mm-hmm. had the option to make that happen. And I think that you need to give people more options as we start getting deeper into Survivor and as season 41 comes back. And granted, 41 is not going to have any of that stuff. But no, I hope right. we do get something like that. I know. We spent the past year being like, God, think of what 41 can do. And we know it's not going to happen. It's going to be the same thing as everything from the late 30s. Yep. But that's my that is a later problem. Right now, yes. we're very happy with our season 10 premiere. Yes, exactly. So what are we doing next week, Alexa, as we go to uh, 19 players left in an episode? We starting have, off an episode. We have talked about this season um, shockingly a lot, considering that we've been mostly talking about season 10. But we are going to New School Survivor. We are going to be recapping The Chicken Has Flown the Coop, which is the second episode of Survivor David versus Goliath. This will be the Jessica Pete vote out and actually the first vote out of Survivor David versus Goliath. So this is going to be a fun one. It is not the Billy Garcia boot, but that would have been a good one. That would have been a good one. Unfortunately, like the Billy Garcia boot episode, other than him saying, I love you. And then going home, there's really nothing else in that episode. This Jessica Pete one, Alexa and I could not figure out a 19 person episode at all. We left it up to our patrons and our patrons were like, do the Jessica Pete one. And we were like, all right, we'll do the Jessica Pete one. So here we are. (laughs) So yes, tune in next week. We are still kind of um, like completing when, like what, I don't know what the right word is, like deliberating on when weekly we'll have this. It might be Tuesdays. It might be Mondays. The time might vary a little bit, but um, we'll let you guys know later on this week when we're going to have this scheduled. And Phil tonight, I saw us talking about three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which is a movie I've seen and a movie I love. Wow, there you go. Alexis heard of a movie, everybody. And, that movie. and then just to, to turn that right on its head, uh, John and I are also going to be talking about The Hunt from 2012, which is a Danish movie that I'm sure Alexa has not heard nope. of. There you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is going to be fun. I think this is going to be really fun. This is going to get us through the summer. This is going to get us all the way into... Um, you know, the pregame stuff. We have another thing coming up that Alexa and I were discussing before this with, with mm-hmm. a, with a guest. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's just going to be one, a one-off episode, but that's going to be coming some point this summer too. So we have a lot of stuff on the horizon and uh, Alexa, we only have to do a little bit more of like this, like John and I are going to finish out this movie thing, but we only have to do it for a little bit longer. You would intern with survivor South Africa only a little bit longer. This series is our last one before we actually get back to new Survivor being on the air. It is an unbelievable thing to even think about. Survivor has not been on the air since I was, what, 27 years old, 28, whatever it was. It was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So I'm excited that we're, well, this is it. Star Wars reference to end it. But yes. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, 
become a patron. If you thought that we couldn't do daily content for 100 days, you are very clearly wrong. And we're probably going to be doing it for another 100 days. So definitely become a patron if you want to hear the at this point, you have over 100 days worth of content. You could listen to it all straight through. You could spend an entire year listening to it. Become a patron at patreon.com backslash survivor specialist. Follow us on all social media. Um, Give us good ratings on podcast app and download our podcast. We love you all. And Phil and John, we'll see you probably in about an hour or two. To about an hour and a half, but that's not important. We'll see you next week with Jessica Pete uh, getting blindsided.